This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 179 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, the carriage horse industry in New York. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections offers the whole universe of shopping at your fingertips at a price you can afford at equestriancollections.com. Plus, Kentucky Performance Products, scientifically proven supplements for your horse, and you can find them all at kppusa.com. Welcome to the Stable School. With weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for stable school. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Oh my God, Helena. This morning I posted a video and I wanted to, I wanted to see if you saw it. It was of a pleasure class at a driving show. And we'll post it on our, fa- on our Stable Scoop page. I, don't know, I might have put it there already, but we'll make sure it's there so people can go check it out. Just go to Facebook and search Stable Scoop. Of this driving show where this horse, uh, it was an Arab class, where this horse just gets out of control, dumps the driver off the back of the cart, and then goes berserk, running into other horse horses, and just the thing went on forever, and then another horse gets loose, and he was, I mean, when he's, he's slammed into that other horse at full speed, were you shocked? I, the whole I first of all, <laughs> it, it was, it what a mess. I, I was... I, I I had to repost it on my Facebook page and I called it a mouth dropper because I, I I couldn't I couldn't react because there was so many things to react to. You know, one horse obviously freaks out pulling a, a carriage and what do you call that kind cart. of carriage? That was just a cart. Two-wheel it was just cart. a cart. Two-wheel it, was, cart. It, was, yep. it was small, like it wasn't sulkies. anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like sulkies. Okay. So you're like, all right, fine, something's gonna happen. It it was so like light and airy that you figured the tack will break something you know the leather's going to give way whatever and the horse will just stop canter it out <laughs> or stop well first of all we, we, it looks like they're arabians yeah they and are. Yeah. you know they can just keep going and going and going but then it's like one crash happens and then somebody plants themselves in front of a crazy horse and gets run over um you're like what yeah they took him what? out of an ambulance i mean <laughs> Just there was that's what so I, many mistakes. That's what I call. There. So many that's mistakes. I, I mean, this evolution. horse is loose going around the edge of the ring. By the way, which is what they're taught to do in these classes: stay at the edge of the ring. And when you're at the edge of the ring, you don't stop. So they're taught they don't stop when they're going around the edge. And this horse is going. He finally lost the carriage. The carriage became unglued from the harness. But then he was running around with this loose harness all over his body, and you know, yeah. and he just was not stopping. Now he. Then everybody that was in the ring, well, the way they do those shows is the judges stand and all the stuff is set up in the middle of the ring with a fence around it. Well, he kept heading for that. And the other carriages that were in the ring did go to the middle of the ring and stop and get to the horse's head. So they did probably the right thing, although I questioned yeah. why they weren't leaving while the horse was at the other end of the ring. Um, but maybe there was just no time for that. But then the, all of these people Well, you also were, don't know how long it's going to last. Right. How, you know, you, you, go, you go to the stop. ring and, and, and <laughs> yeah. settle down. Because sometimes the simple act of leaving the ring could actually get the horse more, more excited. You know, if everybody starts leaving, then now you've created... This one uh, you was know, not quitting. This, thing, this video went on for six minutes. <laughs> but the thing is, is it did go on for six minutes, but then he, he stopped... Right, they finally got that other horse. (laughs) He crashed into the other horse, and the other horse takes off. off. Did the same thing, and did goes for another (laughs) six minutes. And but the worst of it is, uh, to me, I'm watching the horses, and I'm like, they're uh, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go until they get tired, and they may go until they kill themselves, but they're going to go until they they will settle, they will slow down. But but the people kept trying to miles like, (laughs) but the people kept trying to get involved yes. and like get in the way and grab tack or something. And that just made it worse. And it also changed 
the horse's course of direction, which drove them into those that were standing quietly in the center of the ring. Yeah, a lot of the comments I saw uh, were they should have just, you know, they should have all stood around that white picket fence area where the judges are in the middle and just kept the horse away from that. Uh, yeah. You know, yelled yeah. and screamed and done whatever they had to to keep the horse away from that and keep him going around the outside edge. But you know what? All of that's in hindsight. And to be honest, I have never seen anything like this before. And I'm sure they hadn't either. Um, this horse and you wasn't know what's- scared to – this horse had no self-preservation at that point. He was just – the way he was running into other things, he had no self-preservation at that point. <laughs> well, well yeah. <laughs> his self-preservation is, he comes out of a different book than ours yeah. does, I Woo. think. It's, he had a plan, but it just wasn't in, in was. our playbook. <laughs> what but um, he, it was and, – and you know what I thought was helpful about this um, is – you watch it and you it gets you thinking, well, what would I do? And that's why I like the way Coach Jen put it out there is, what would you do? And it just starts you thinking about your own emergency planning, you know, and, and look, you know, making sure you check in with somebody, your trainer, your instructor, yourself, your students, say, what do we do in an emergency situation so that we don't get ourselves run over <laughs> by an Arabian pulling a cart? Now, I, I've told this story oh before, but Jennifer was driving an Arabian we had that was a complete screw loose horse was one the conversation we had last week about hot horses doesn't even remotely describe this era this is not these are not there's a difference between hot horses and, and screw loose yeah this one and this one loose, was just yeah. a screw loose i mean we never did get it and to any point where you could do anything with it um but she actually this horse actually ran through a three-board fence when jennifer was trying to drive it around the arena and broke the rails um shows you how you know, no horses just don't do that. They keep yeah. running into it. So she finally fell off. And I was actually in the bathroom sitting on the toilet of all things. Embarrassing. <laughs> look, and there was a window right there. And I look out the window and there's the horse and carriage running through every electric fence in the farm without Jennifer attached. The cart was still attached. What was left of it at that point. And this horse is just running through every electric fence in the farm. And I, 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 don't, I don't see Jennifer. I'm on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> when all this is happening. So it's like, okay, I guess I better change my plan for the moment and uh, head outside and see where this horse is going and where my wife is. Because at that point, so I had, much for- she, <laughs> this horse time. actually rammed that three-board fence so many times it broke all the rails till it got out. Um, it just was just a screw loose. It would just it would be fine one minute, and it would be try- there, when the horses we, we you know we talk about this when horses have no self preservation instinct when they don't mm-hmm. care if they hurt themselves is when they're truly dangerous. Um, yes, that's and, and those, it happens. You, and, there's times even when your backyard horse gets like that, or yeah. your school horse gets like you can see that change in their eyes, and there are things that you can do. I would say there are things that you can do to help diffuse it. But then there are times where you need to say, I need to get out of here. Yeah. When it's I need to just to, back you know, out. When it, when it runs through a three-board fence, that was an indication that we, it was probably beyond what we could do with this horse. So yeah. uh, we, we, we ended up did selling the horse to somebody who was going to try and work with it more that understood more about those types of horses than we did. Because, whew. <laughs> but that's my funny story of the day. The horse was fine. Is- Jennifer was fine. Everybody was fine. Uh, I Amen. was embarrassed because I have to tell that story now because I can't resist. So <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> cackle. You always make me cackle on these shows. I feel bad for our listeners because they must they must think like, I don't know, I'm some kind of some kind of harpy hanging around a cauldron. <laughs> but you always get the cackle out of me. All right. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna disagree a little today, aren't we? We are. We have um, Carly Knudsen, who's on with us today from Nye Class, which is N Y class.org and um it's an acronym i <laughs> off the top of my head i can't tell you what it is but essentially it's new yorkers for cleaner living and safe solutions uh they're looking to replace carriage horses in manhattan with these really adorable vintage turn-of-the-century electric cars and uh, so I thought that this was a really nice way to address a very specific problem with an equally specific solution. They're not trying to change the world. They're just, just trying to change this one particular problem. So Carly's going to join us today and talk about NICLASS's efforts. And you and I disagree a little bit about this, and we'll, we'll get into this when she's on the air. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about it. You and I don't disagree on a whole lot of things in the horse world, but this is one we disagree on a little bit. So we thought we'd have this conversation and... And, uh, you know, get both sides of it out there and let the listeners decide. 
you know, how they yeah. feel about it. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about Equestrian Collections. I'm happy to announce that, and I haven't even told you this yet, I'm happy to announce that Equestrian Collections has renewed their sponsorship for another year here at the Stable Scoop Radio Show. So Woo-hoo. we want to thank Chris and the gang over there. We're going to see her next week as we head off to Ada. We're going to chat a little bit about, we're going to change it up a little bit, and uh, we're hopefully going to be bringing you some interesting segments uh, from Equestrian Collections. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to put something very interesting together, and I'm going to discuss the details with uh, Chris at Equestrian Collections next week. So we, we're going to have some more fun and excitement coming down the pike, and uh, something a little bit different for you here on the Stable Scoop Show as we go through 2012. And we just want to take this opportunity to thank Equestrian Collections for their continued sport, uh, support of the Stable Scoop radio show. I'm trying to talk to you. I was just shopping on their site the other day, like two days ago. I was looking for jobs for Gracie. That's probably why she's renewed, because she saw you shopping. <laughs> oh, no, I st- I'm sneaky. I go under the radar. I do that anonymous <laughs> browsing so nobody knows. I'm like the secret shopper. <laughs> so we, we appreciate their support, and we're going to be having more news from you from the world of Equestrian Collections over the year 2012 because they have some exciting things going on over there too well let's get to our guest and talk about whether we should have carriage horses in new york city welcome carly thank you so much for joining us on stable scoop uh, i know this is sort of a serious topic i don't want to say sort of it is a serious topic but glenn and i have to take a, a tongue-in-cheek look at everything that goes on in the horse world and i want to talk about um the the underlying problem and then the solution uh, to carriage horses in New York City. I think the solution that New York Class has come up with is fantastic. And I think everybody, I, I like the fact that your organization is not just, you know, screaming and shouting that something is wrong. You're actually working to do something to change it in a positive way. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. And let's, let's talk about why we're here. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, well, NICLASS is an animal advocacy organization here in New York that, um, as you said, has what we believe to be a viable alternative to the current horse-drawn carriage industry. We really come from a place where we feel as though it's not safe for these horses to be working on the streets in the conditions that they're working under. We do recognize here at NICLASS that um, This is an industry that provides jobs and is a tourism draw for the city, which is where our idea for a replacement was really born from, to come at this as a way to find a solution that can save the tourism and save the jobs and also get the horses off the rather dangerous streets of New York City. I mean, Um, I, I grew up not too far from New York City, so I know how dangerous those streets are to pedestrians, (laughs) let alone to animals. Um, I remember the old, I remember Claremont back in the day. Um, I'm also not a fan of, you know, when you step out into the street and Ringling Brothers is in town and they're marching their elephants down the street and you see their tigers and things in cages and just seeing any kind of large animal in an urban environment is, um, you just know something is not right. You bring it to New York City and then you can ratchet that up a couple of degrees. So what exactly is wrong with the carriage industry in New York, in your opinion? There's a, there's a definitely a few factors that feed into um, what has led NICOS to our um, proposed solution. And really, as this last summer has shown with a number of incidents of horses being spooked, um, we're beginning to understand and many more people are beginning to realize that um, this is not safe. We're mixing large bite animals in a very busy, dense, fast-paced and loud sort of frantic environment. And it's becoming much more clear to the general population by way of not only our work, but other people stepping up on our behalf, such as Lee and Michelle and other um, well-known names really drawing attention to the fact that this is dangerous for these horses and then to extend that out to the carriage drivers as well as the passengers in those carriages. Um, anytime you mix a flight animal with, with loud urban environment, we feel like that's really asking um, for, for a possible problem. And then, you know, these horses are working very long days, nine hours a day, um, 
in this environment that is not natural for them, and then they're going back to stalls that we know don't provide them with um, daily pasture time or paddock turnout, really, and their stalls um, tend to be on the smaller side, not as comfortable as one would feel should be appropriate for horses that are working so hard throughout their days. Um, can, can, can I ask a question about, and I think that a lot of people don't know this answer either, are these all, is there a ton of different carriage companies? Is it one guy and a horse? Is it one carriage company that does them all? How does that work? Sure. So there's 68 carriages. The carriages are medallioned just like the New York City taxis are. So they're independent contractors. Um, there's a mix of, there's a mix within the industry where you'll have drivers um, there's uh, over 200 drivers, 213 horses, and then the 68 carriages. Those horses are owned by um, or housed in four different stables with a larger number of drivers and then owners. So you can be an owner and not drive or be a driver owner, or you can be a contracted driver um, driving those carriages. See, this is a l- I, don't, I don't know about Helena, but this is a little different than I thought. I thought, you know, we probably had two or three carriage companies that were operating, you know, 40 horses each. Uh, mm. so, so this complicates the matter. You know, I'm not a big proponent of, of throwing all the, you know, throwing all the apples out of the bushel when there's a few bad ones. But I can see what you're up against now here a little bit clearer. You know, if you have four carriage companies and one of them is mistreating horses and their horses are dying in the streets, that's one thing. But when you have 68 different ones, they're, they're, that creates its own set of problems to begin with. Well, regulation becomes a problem. And I think that's, that's not just in New York City. That's throughout any, anything in the animal world where you have beasts of burden. It, we're not saying, you know, let's not put our animals to work. I mean, for heaven's sake, every time I sit on my horse's back, the poor guy sighs. <laughs> oh, damn, I got to right, work again. Right. It's not like they can't work. Um, but you need to regulate all of these people who really, who's, who's, priority is not the animal's best interest it's the bottom line and well, we all see, know I, that when I you put those two with, things i disagree with that statement i don't think you can blanketly say that all 68 of those are the animal is not the best interest because i bet you're going to find some of those in there that are good horse people that like their horses a lot and they're well cared for am i wrong about that you're right are no you're right well this is exactly this is exactly the debate that that has been going on in the city for years and that you know many organizations have been working really hard to try to figure out you know what is that proper balance and can we regulate this enough to ensure that all the horses are being treated properly and really NICLAS and our mission and our replacement has come and grown out of sort of hands tied, right? It seems as though we've done what we can regulation-wise, um, and we're still seeing that it's it's not enough. And so we really feel like with our um, electric vehicles that there is many more added benefits to this change than currently are right now um, in, in the industry. And I just, I want to um, actually give your listeners our, ad, our email address, or excuse me, our website, which is nyclass.org, N-Y-C-L-A-S-S.org. We have a bunch of information up there about what we're doing and where we are. We're about to kick off a fundraising effort to build our prototype so we can actually put one of our antique replica electric cars on the road and prove it's economic viability. Um, we're really I want to be that. the first one to ride in it. <laughs> Wait, here we disagree. Helena and I disagree on this one, too. I have no interest in that whatsoever. I think there's a certain romance in there's a certain romance in taking a carriage ride because it is not something that any of these people get to do ever. You get to ride in a car all the time. I don't care if it looks like an antique car. That I, I, I have no interest in doing that because it's just another car I'm sitting in. Whereas the romance you know, is being pulled by the horse. Don't you think that that, that which, by the way, has been in New York City forever. Well, but the millions, the way the way that the industry is set up is actually not as old. You know, horses have been in the city as as you know, working and as modes of transportation. Well, yeah, back to back before cars. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, what we've found in our market research is that people and tourists, particularly, are actually really excited by this idea um, as a new way to look. at 
you know, get get a view of the city because one of the the benefits of this is that these rides would be able to go beyond just Central Park, and that opens up a whole new market for these drivers to really um, mm. make more money. So we're not we're not talking about just limiting these rides to the park as they are now, and then you know there are some areas south of the park into this, you know, throughout the city that they can go during certain times. This is really blowing this whole industry wide open with this car because although they'll go only five miles an hour at a very safe speed within the park, outside of the park, they'll be able to keep up with the city traffic. So we really are finding that um, it's actually quite exciting to many tourists. And it, it looks exciting to me. I mean, it's, it's everything that a horse and carriage is without the horse. I mean, it's got the open space. It's got the canopy. I mean, these are like turn of the century vehicles so that there's a space for you to but cozy I, up with somebody you, you love. Said, you just said it, Selena, and maybe it's just because I'm a horse person. It's without the horse. Yeah, we which don't want the, the horse. That's the whole that, point. Which is the thing that makes that a romantic thing to do. And Jennifer and I have done carriage rides in, in cities before, not New York City because we don't go there much. But, um, you know, we've done them. And with perfectly healthy, fine horses, uh, you know. So, I still I don't it's see tough. the romance. It's there. tough for me because I, I really feel like being being someone that loves horses, I can't I can't stand seeing them in these conditions. I feel as yeah. though any any minute something could happen that can cause one of these guys to you know, spook or take off or, God forbid, get hit by a vehicle, which but, we've seen. Oh, okay. and I, think, you can, I can make that argument for any horse anywhere. In, in, you know, but the, you know what? But it's not nine hours worth of it. It's not nine hours worth of it. There's not diesel fumes. There is not the abrasive. Yeah, I mean, we, we can talk about, you know, Tennessee walkers and some show environments. Well, we can talk but, about any horse anywhere can get out and get hit by a car. I mean, that's... What, uh, yeah. But it's not just about getting hit by a car. It's about being exposed to stresses... Uh, so consistently and so long term that um, I mean, you just go into New York City. I'm in there, uh, you know, a couple of times a year. They're sway backed. I mean, these horses are plucked out of. Yes, some people say, you know, they're pulled off of the trucks. They're you know retired Amish horses or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking healthy cream of the crop horses here. These horses are put into this this uh, career from something else because they were either too sick or not able to function in that prior career. But you look at their shoes, their feet are long. They're, you know, they're, whoever they're using for farriers, they're not, it's, they're swayed backed. Their coats are unhealthy. Yes. Do you see once in a while a good one? Are you saying that or a certain number of the horses? I would say uh, now you imagine my sampling is small because I'm not there all the time. Right. But out of my sampling, most of the ones I've seen, I've said, "Oh my God, somebody's got to get in there." I, and, and you know, and I, again, I don't. Do you have a rest carriage horse, and you could be. My class has a. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, say class. I've driven, you know, I've, I've, we, we've had people on who run carriage companies in smaller towns, and obviously they don't have the same problems that a New York City is going to have. You know, when you're in, in the South, you know, in, in Dixieland, in the middle of a city is a little different than being in New York City. Very different. Um, Not a little different. Very different. Yeah. So I, I and give then you also that at the end of these guys is at the end of at the end of the work life of these horses. We know a, a great number of them um, are not being retired to farms or sanctuaries. They're they're being auctioned for slaughter. I got to tell you though, um, that's not you're not exclusive in that one. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. not. But as a part of our solution here, you know, at Nyclass, and again, our website at nyclass.org, or you can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Stop Horse Abuse. Um, we talk a lot about how we've got some great partnerships set up that, that can save these 200 plus horses that are currently working in this industry and stop New York City as being a contributor to horses being sent to slaughter. So, so um, what, what are the objections? Obviously, I, I read, and I know the New York Times has had articles about you guys that have not been favorable at times because I, I found, I read a couple of them. Um, and they really pick on, uh, you know, is it Ed Sayers, the uh, president of the ASPCA, who was partly responsible for starting your organization? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, Mr. Sayers is a co-founder of NICOS. And so they, you know, they, the New York Times has not always been favorable. And I know the mayor, from what I read, is 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 opposed to getting rid of the horses. So what is the argument on the other side? Why why are you having trouble getting this through? I think um, many of the points that you you touched upon earlier um, is that this has been something that has been a part of New York City's 
history for so long, and it's a big change. We're asking people to reimagine something, um, and and we understand that it's that it takes a lot of time. But we're extremely excited about 2012 because we've seen a huge groundswell of support in the last year. I mean, we've gone the last six months. We have over 70,000 petition signatures. We've got a great um, live thermometer on our website that you can follow and see. I mean, we're gaining hundreds of petition signatures a day from New York and also from across the world of people who are really starting to realize that some of those old arguments don't hold as much water anymore when we're continuing to see instances of these horses taking off and being spooked or collapsing. Um, and really our solution, we're confident that it, it addresses the main concerns which have been expressed by um, the naysayers, if you will, um, which is the jobs and the tourism draw. And as we talked about, our our market research shows that people are willing to take these, these rides. We um, have designed the cars such that they can carry more passengers than the carriages do, which provides an opportunity for increased revenue for the drivers by being able to charge per head, which our market surveys show people are willing to pay more per head for rides in the cars than they are in the carriages right now. Okay, so um, here's so a question. Really- would would mm-hmm. the folks who are introducing the electric cars um, work with the current carriage companies, perhaps in transitioning? Let's say, okay, the we're going to the sixty-eight yeah. medallions that are currently on the backs of those carriages would be the first medallions to go on the cars that we roll awesome. out. Awesome. The main objective is to keep the jobs. We're actually looking at growing the jobs because these cars will be manufactured here in New York City, and then. Um, then from that point, you know, we're, we really, we really feel like that in and of itself is, is a strong message to the drivers. We are not trying to put this industry out of business. We're trying to transform this industry into one that's safer for not only the horses, but the people that take these rides. My goodness, the people that work these rides, we know that a driver was in a coma for a number of months after an accident this summer. It's horrifying and devastating for a family. These cars are safe. They're going to comply with all government safety regulations. They'll be registered with the Department of Motor Vehicles. Drivers would have to have driver's licenses, which is not 100% the case now. Okay. I mean, from so, a horse husband's point of view, I would like not cleaning up uh, the stall all the time. <laughs> you have to clean up the food. I mean, but you know, the, one of the big arguments here, though, is that you know, like you keep saying, Glenn, don't, you don't want to throw all the apples out. Um, again, a lot of the naysayers, Carly, say that um, you know that NICLAS and other organizations like you are radical, and that you want to just get rid of all animals in any kind of work. And, um, you know, it's just unrealistic to think that we're going to take, you know, all the horses and and nobody's ever going to do anything. We're not going to show them. We're not going to ride them. We're not going to put them to work for us. Um, I I can't say that that's a realistic expectation. We have been attacked that way. I mean, the industry has, you know, PETA is trying to do that now. But that's PETA's so. job. And, it, you know, and NICLAS's job is not to say, uh, is not to legislate what we should do with animals across the board. They're to say, Correct. let's just get them out of New York City because New York City is a very unique environment. It is extremely abrasive. It. It's, a, so, it's abrasive for so, humans, okay, so let alone a, a flight animal. I'm not trying to be very antagonistic here. I'm just trying to also cover, you know, our listeners are horse people. So a lot yeah, of them You got green. me all jacked up now. I know, but our <laughs> listeners are horse people and half agree with Helena. So, you know, we, we have half and half half here um so so my question is can if that's the argument that horses are bad in cities should we also get rid of the police horses in cities our position is focused primarily and specifically on the carriage horse industry in new york city and these 220 horses the police horses they have um Their work hours are less, their care is greater, they have guaranteed retirement, their training period is longer. We've seen that is a different situation in the way that the, even in the way that the horses are um, geared up for for work too. So, you know, you're talking about one rider on one horse's back as opposed to pulling a very large carriage, which 
when a horse takes off can kind of also have a bit of a mind of its own, you know, um, that's really there's a separate a issue than what NICLAS is focused on. Well, I'm glad and to there's hear a different that because, dynamic because, well, you know, you've got the rider, in this case, a New York City police officer whose life is dependent on that animal's health, well-being and training. Um, that's not to say that carriage horses are, you know, don't carry that same responsibility. But what you have now is the uh, New York City Police Department who creates this microcosm, this this capsule within New York of a good place for the horse to live. So it, it's a little bit like comparing Apple. I see where you what you're saying, Glenn. But you, well, you kind and of... it will happen, by the way. You know, when this goes away, it may not be your group, but there will be the the next group who wants to get the horse, the the police horses out of the city for whatever reason. You know, and there's many, you know, there's many different groups and organizations on the animal advocacy, or you know, what umbrella term you want to put it. There's many organizations that have their own goals and their own, you know, thoughts for how how it should be. And really, at night class. This is our issue. We want to take care of these horses that are on the streets right now, make sure that they're given permanent, loving, forever homes, transform the industry to save the jobs and protect the tourism, and, and really reimagine, reimagine what this industry could well, be. I love draft in horses, the so future. if you could send me one of the Percherons, a big black one, <laughs> that would be great. I See, one. No, Glenn, you could do it. Like, if you took them and maybe did a little carriage driving out there in the country, that's fine. You know, little yeah. grass and, you know, under Jennifer's had, care. We've had people on the shows that do carriage drives, uh, you know, for weddings and things like that. But you're right. There is a difference. These are backyard pets that they're taking out once a week. Um, right. You know, to drive, right. you know, maybe in a city, you know, not, not New York City, but, you know, a smaller town or city. Uh, but they're not they're not out there every day. That's that is correct. Right. You know, and we took a tour just to and, and I don't want to steal your time here, but we were just out in California and got a t- really exclusive tour that nobody gets to take of the barns at Disneyland. And they use the mm-hmm. horses to to haul sort of haul. Horses really don't do a lot of work. Uh, they're there for <laughs> show to haul the, you know, the trolleys down Main Street. Um, the trolleys do most of the work, but you know, those were the best, well taken care of horses that I've ever seen in my life. And they're in a loud, you know, environment, controlled loud environment. So it's a little bit different. Um, so you're not saying carriage horses in every city needs to go. You're just saying it doesn't work for New York city. Goodness. No, absolutely. That that's really, we are talking a very unique situation here in this city. Savannah, Georgia, Um, you take the carriages out of there. You know, and it's so beautiful and so quiet in the area where the carriages are. You know, they, it's almost like they belong in Savannah, Georgia. You know, there are places where, it, again, it's you see it, you know it when you see it. When it's, I honestly, Glenn, I try to take the middle of the road and everything. But when you walk into New York City and you see one of these horses, you know, with their stifle locked, trying to take a nap in a gutter, you just. You know it's wrong. And it's not even that the horrors of what you see in the videos when a horse goes down, there's no denying that. But there's an equally uh, horrific condition. It's just more subtle when you're standing there watching them trying to recharge their own batteries. And it's just they can't because New York City is going on around them. It's it's extremely frustrating when you know horses. It's like trying to catch air, trying to catch a breath. In, in a room full they, of smoke. And they and, and, and where they're housed is no quieter. They they walk through, you know, the tunnel traffic on their way to work. It's not as though it's a you know, relaxed, peaceful walk to their 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 working. I mean they from the moment that they awake to the moment that they go to sleep, they're working, regardless of whether or not there's passengers in their carriage. All right. Well, we we have to call it a day here. We'll let the listeners decide. And I'm glad that we got to have this discussion, though, so that we could present uh, both sides. And what was the website again? We have two. We've got NICLASS.org, which is N-Y-C-L-A-S-S.org. Or the easier one to remember is StopHorseAbuse.com, which is where listeners can go to um, sign our petition. We also are on Facebook at Stop Horse Abuse, and we are on Twitter as well at abused NYC horse. And we'll put all these links at the Stable Scoop website and on our show notes so you'll be able to access um, the nine class information very easily. And um, one last question before we let you go, Carly. When do we think um, uh, when do we think these electric cars will be ready to uh, to launch? 
That's a great question. So um, as I mentioned briefly, we are kicking off a fundraising effort to build the prototype. So if you're interested in watching that come to fruition, um, that's going to be all up on our Facebook page. We'll show pictures as the car is being put together. Once we have that one car on the road, we'll go through a trial period to make any adjustments to that um, to prove the viability of the car. And we should have that on the road um, by winter of next year or so. And then from that point, we can begin moving forward with the rollout of the 68 cars. And I do believe that once that's going to help your cause because I think that I, the only reason everything revolves around money. So these drivers do not believe that they can make as much money with cars as they do horses, and, and you're just going to have to prove them wrong there. And then they'll all be glad to not shovel poop anymore. <laughs> we look forward to that. Yeah, yeah but well, I think it's going to be proof in the pudding to, to convince them. I, for one, will be very happy to get in one of these cars, and I will tell everybody I know. And I don't know. I, they look. It looks really charming to me, Glenn. I think it could be very romantic. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Glenn, I challenge you to come out to New York City when we've got the prototype on the road and come take a ride. We'll have you know, a we'll all do it. Come take a ride. We'll come take we'll, a ride. We'll go down to see Warhorse on Broadway in a car. That'll yeah. be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so We're going to be going Looking to see Leap of Faith. <laughs> Thanks again, Carly. We appreciate you being on with us. So, you know, Glenn, I, th- I it sounds like you were kind of coming over to the dark side a little bit there. You know, I think... I um, don't want to ride in a car. I, <laughs> I know your issue is, is passing legislation that that's any kind of sweeping legislation, and I, I understand that. But I bet that if you and Jen, you, Jen, me, and Peter go for a really nice electric vintage car ride in Manhattan on a cool spring day, evening, whatever, I bet you will love it. See, and I, I, bet. Guess, I guess part of that is to, I, I would probably, we would probably like to do anything with you in New York City. That's you know, true. I want to do true. the double-decker bus ride with the open top, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't care. You know, we always do when we go to cities, our favorite thing is not the carriage ride, actually, sorry to say. It's the... Uh, the duck boat tours. I love the duck boat tours. Oh, gosh. Well, come to Boston. Oh, we yeah. did it. We did it. And they take you out in the water. It's so cool. Those and, are fun. And we've done them. In and no ducks since. are harmed. Cincinnati, we did the duck boat tour. And they're funny. And they're, they're just fun. They're just fun tours. They I recommend fun. the duck boat tours wherever you go. They, and they're, they're animal free. They're, they're animal friendly. <laughs> That's right. You probably bring your dog. They wouldn't care. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you know, the electric car thing, I don't really care. I I. I I have my opinion about electric cars. You know, people forget that we make electricity out of coal in this country. So actually, they're coal-fired cars. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we forget where electricity comes from. So I think that, you know, electric cars, I could take them or leave them. I think they're going to create more problems in the long run than they're worth. I don't think that's the ultimate solution either. Because Ooh, we, we need to do a show on that. We don't have a good way to make electricity in this country. So, you know, I, I just, you know, that's a whole different topic we're not going to get into today. Oh, but, no. but uh but I do have something fun. Let's lighten it up a little and talk about pretty horse drawings. How about that? That sounds wonderful. All right. Let's in our Tack and Habit segment right now. Well, we're going to get to Jennifer Maddock Rowland, who who is from England, and I hope she has a lovely accent. Uh, her she has timelessequineart.com, and I saw a video that uh, is a time lapse video of her doing a complete drawing of a of an Arabian head, uh, and it was so cool seeing this five minute time lapse video of her doing this elaborate drawing of a, an Arabian face uh, in pencil. That I thought I got to have her on because we've never talked about doing equine art as a as something you could do as a product but there's a lot of artists out there that if you send them a picture they'll do nice drawings of your horses we have a couple of them here and they're hung prominently because we love them so we're going to get to jennifer in just a minute from jolly old england but first i want to tell you about kentucky performance products i'm also happy to announce to you that i just got off the phone with karen over at kentucky performance products right before we did the show today and they uh she has again committed to her support of the stable scoop radio show for this year you know so. what? I'm really, really excited about that because I, I just, I really like Kentucky Performance products. I like their products. I like their company. 
And I'm pretty stoked about that. Well, I wanted to encourage everybody to go take a listen to last week's uh, Horses in the Morning show last Friday's. You'll see it on there. It's uh, uh, last week's show that we put out on Friday because I was at their offices of Kentucky Performance Products, and we did the show from there. And I got a tour of the warehouse and how everything operates, and they're a really cool company with some really neat people. We got to hear from a bunch of them, got to learn a lot in that show. So check it out. It was on last week's uh, Horses in the Morning show last Friday uh, at Kentucky Performance Products. They have some neat products. They have some new products we're going to be talking about, and we're going to try and bring you – they're going to be providing us with a little bit different content coming up in 2012, too. We're actually going to do some nutrition segments where we talk about the different vitamins and what they do and why the different vitamins are important to your horses. And we're going to try and get a little more educational and learn a little uh, with Kentucky Performance Products help, too, and, and really start to mix it up a little bit on Stable Scoop that way, too. So we have a lot of exciting things coming that I'm just uh, um, I'm so thrilled about for 2012. We're, we're just getting a lot more inter- interactive and a lot more support from from our sponsors who know so much, too, about the different things that we do every day here. So... Uh, so uh, I'm excited to announce that to y- to the audience and to Helena too. Yeah, this is the first time I'm hearing of it, and I'm yeah. I'm like I said, I'm uh, hey. Good thing <laughs> kppusa.com. Now let's talk Woo-hoo. to Jennifer Maddock Rowland from England about timeless equine art. Well, hi Jennifer, and thank you so much for joining us all the way from England. What part of England do you live in? I'm in the south of England, a little place called Somerset, Devon, right on the border. I love the accent, too, from the south of England. It's so wonderful. It is. It's very rich. It's very deep, and and it's got a lot of texture to it. Yes. Not only is she a good artist, she sounds good, too. I was, well, maybe because she's an artist, she has that depth to her voice. She's artistic. and like. Do you saunter when you walk? (laughs) I sort of imagine artists... English artists and like I was English gardeners. I think they hop and skip when they walk, and then and then artists sort of saunter. But uh, but you you're a very talented. <laughs> you're actually a very talented artist, I, um, uh, Jennifer. And Glenn and I are being silly because we're always silly. But tell us a little bit about um, the kind of art that you do and and how you got into to making such beautiful sketches. Well, I've been um, drawing really ever since. I was about 10, I was always doodling. And um, it just came, everything that I drew was horses. And uh, I've, obviously I've got horses and I wasn't really interested in anything else. And through my studies... You I were one of those did. kids. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just seemed to, everything in my path just took me towards drawing. So I've, I really just followed my lead, really. Well, now, you, you said, you what kind of horses, were you in Pony Club, or what what did you do with horses when, when you were younger and today? Now, I, um, I had a couple of ponies when I was growing up, but I never really did Pony Club or anything like that. I was a bit of a happy hacker, really. Um, and then I found Arabians and um, went into a bit of endurance, followed my mother's lead there. And uh, I still have Arabs now. And now, well, my boy's about 24 now, so we just have a quiet life, really, together. That's why, Helena, we saw a lot of uh, uh, cute little Arabian noses on her website. We did. We did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are my passion. You did a video that caught my attention the other day, and we're going to post a link to that, too. You did a time-lapse video that I think took you about eight hours, but you condensed it to about five minutes with some terrific music in it of you actually doing one of your sketches. And yeah. um, what, what gave you the idea to do that video? I just thought it would be some really good sort of publicizing if people could see something coming to, you know, coming to life in front of them. And uh, obviously, I'd seen all these time lapses on the telly, you know, when they do the the nature films, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I could do that. And it worked. Well, it did work. It was great. I watched the whole thing. (laughs) 
It was neat. Yeah, I, it is a little captivating. You're like, I'm watching somebody draw, Mainly and I can't look I away. Can't do that at all. So it impresses me when somebody can do anything like that. And you don't have the patience to watch to sit in somebody wa- or learn how to do it because it's so time consuming. You need it instantly. So that was perfect for you. Now, now we're doing this segment because we want to highlight the fact that you can, and there's lots of artists over here in the United States and in every country, really, that mm-hmm. you can get these drawings done. We've had two of them done for horses that we've had in the past, and we yeah. have them proudly hanging on the wall. It is such a cool way to commemorate a horse that's living or a horse that's deceased. Do you get a lot of people that come to you after their horses is no longer with us wanting to do it for that reason? Yeah, I've had a couple. Um, one recently is very tempted to come to me um, and have her pony drawn, but it's, I think it's still quite raw for her, so she doesn't want it just yet. Um, but yeah, a couple of people have um, have had me draw their horses that have, they've lost sort of over the years. It's just a cool way to have art that reflects your horse rather than just a picture. And you'll do it off a picture, right? All people have to do is submit to you a picture and you'll do the drawing from the picture? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Is there something you look for? Is it, often, well, I was just going to say, is it mostly headshots or can you do whole bodies or what do you look for? Mostly headshots because you can get such a defined detail out of um, just a headshot. I'm looking at the one picture you did. I'm looking at the one picture you did in the video and the halter. I want to buy the halter so that you know. I know. <laughs> I saw that one. I like that one too. That's uh We're in an egg putt egg putt egg butt bit uh in that uh, particular Say shot. that five times yeah. fast. We're in an egg butt bit. <laughs> so how long does it normally take you? Now the time lapse was eight hours, right? Twelve. Twelve hours, okay. Is that Twelve usually hours. what it'll take to do a full size drawing? between 12 and 24 hours and I, I sort of do it in four hour sections wow and how did you do the time lapse video by the way do you film the whole thing and then get somebody to splice it together I did it myself oh um, congratulations I had <laughs> thank you um, yeah he's I, a real geek so you just totally impressed him <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> I had to have my video camera stuck to my drawing desk upside down to capture it, um, which was unique, I'm sure. But then there's this little nifty thing on the computer which just lets you speed them up um, and do the relevant bits and pieces. I love the music too. Didn't you like the music, Kalina? You, I, you know what? I knew you were going to love the music. You're just like a, 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 a you like the, what? What do you even call those? They're like fanfares. Yeah, you yeah, love was, fanfare music. It very, uh, it was very royal music she put in it there. It works, but it works a treat. It did. It really does. It get you. It can, it adds to that draw. It pulls you into the the whole experience. Now, what yeah. do you do? Other kinds of artwork besides sketches? Do you do? Um, is it just black and white? Do you do color pencils? What other medium? Yeah. Just sketches. So you don't paint I at all? I don't do anything else. <laughs> Which are my favorite, my personal favorites. I absolutely, because they're just so natural. I, I think it's, I don't know, I'm no artist, but I think it's a nicer way to, you can get detail yeah. in there without right. it looking photographic. It's like, why, yeah. why have a painting done of your horse where it's photographic when you could just have a nice photograph taken? But when you have a sketch, absolutely. Absolutely. it's more of an interpretation. I think you get more emotion in there. You can get much more depth with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Better than you can a painting like watercolor or something. Um, Yeah. I like it. Well, how can people find you and your work? Well, I've obviously got my website, um, primusetcoinart.com, and I'm on Facebook as primusetcoinart, and also on Twitter as TEArtist. So that's TimelessEquineArt.com, and you can see Jennifer's work there. And if they want to get yep. a hold of you to actually get some work done? But all my details are on my website. On the website. Okay, so they can just find it there. Well, this is terrific. Yes. And if somebody from the United States wanted to get something done, they, you would do that as well? Absolutely. I've got, um, I've got a, a couple of pieces in America, um, okay. some in Calgary. Um, so, yeah, it can go all over the place. 
and you don't care. There's our friends from Canada again. They're always two steps ahead of us, Glenn. And it doesn't have to be just Arabs. We'll we'll say that. You could get your third. No, no, any horse, any horse. And I do dogs as well. Oh, your dogs are great. I saw some of the dogs on there. There was a lab on there that it was like the dog was sitting beside me. It was cool. Good job. Oh, good. Thank you. Good job. Well, thank you very much, Jennifer, for joining us all the way from England. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, Glenn, you've succeeded again. You've succeeded in finding a lovely <laughs> British, southern, southern British young woman with a talent with a to come on the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she was sweet. She's talented. She's got her act together. She's got this lovely business. How do you do it? You just like reach out into the ethos. And no, you, you know how I do it. Facebook. Of- I saw that video on Facebook. Facebook is the most wonderful thing for finding talented <laughs> people because if ta- talent sort of rises to the top, doesn't it? And people, you know, will highlight videos and things that of people that are talented. So it's really cool that Facebook just gives us. When we first started the show, there was no Facebook. We really had to work to find our guests. Uh, Isn't that funny? Wait, wait, wait. Back up. Back up. Yeah. When we first started, there was no Facebook. I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> there wasn't. And think of how, how much we use it now. I know. And it's just, a, it's just how, an outlet of where you find so much, so much cool stuff. I know. That we could never find before. You've, you followed certain websites, and that's where you found it. You went to, you went to the Chronicle, or you, know, you went to any of our, our many affiliate websites at Horse and Hound. Thehorse.com. And, you know, yep. Things like that had it on. But it was much harder. Now your friends tell you about the cool stuff. Yeah. So that's what makes it so neat. I want to do, before we wrap up here today, and I know this is a topic that you and I will both agree on, um, and I wanted to bring it up because uh, a couple days ago, many of our listeners went onto the web and they tried to go to Facebook, or they went to Facebook, they went to Google, they went to Craigslist, they went to Wikipedia, and they found the sites all blacked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of legislation called SOPA and PIPA that the Congress is trying to enact. And I went into it in great detail on the morning show. I won't do, bore you here with that. But I just want to say that, you know, if you get a chance, look up SOPA and PIPA. Mashable.com did a very good story about why this is such horrible legislation for all of us that are that use the Internet and all of us that make our livings on the Internet. And basically, if you, if you record a video and you put it up on YouTube, it affects you too. Um, what they're trying to do is take out due process out of, which we're entitled to, if I remember right, by the Constitution, aren't we? Uh, due process in the law. Well, uh, y- yeah, but yeah. not this kind of due process. Well, they're basically saying that uh, they're giving... The music companies, the video companies, the movie companies, uh, the right to bypass the courts and go directly to your Internet service provider and say, um, YouTube put up a video of a five-year-old singing a song that's copyrighted. It needs to be taken down. But not only that, it extends to the, to the place where that, the person who put that up can also be charged with, with a felony if it's yeah. made by more than 2,500 people. Yeah, it's an attempt to, to preserve their revenue streams. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's a, it is. But yeah, in a it's draconian by... way. I mean, yes. in a way yes. that bypasses the courts. Right now they have to go to court and get it proven, you know, that this has been done. But right now they just ask for it to be taken down, you know, when it's not a blatant violator. And I'm all yeah. in favor of protecting rights, you know, because we, we have content too. Yes, we're content creators. We're not trying to listen to me. We, I'm not even on anybody's side in this. I just, uh, yeah. Yes, there are content creators. You don't want to, I mean, you don't want people pirating your material. And and, um, I think this goes to the point, and this is what people don't understand. It goes to the point of making, like, like, let's take the Chronicle forums. If somebody posted something on there that that is not, or or that is copyrighted. There, what would happen before is that the copyright holder would contact the Chronicle Forums and say it's there if the Chronicle Forums didn't notice it, and say it's there and they would remove it. Now what, what this legislation allows to do is the copyright holder go to the Chronicle Forums host provider, their ISP, the people where they host their website, and they can ask the ISP to remove that website. Remove the file, yeah. No, not the whole file. The whole website can come down. The whole website. That's well, draconian. you know... 
that's it, it's, just it's beyond heavy handed because I could then say, I don't like Helena and I don't like what she's putting up there. And she took a picture and used a picture that I had taken years ago and I can go and I can file a complaint. Helena has no recourse and the ISP is obligated then to take down your website without even notifying you. That's the other thing. There's no notification clause. So you could wake up one day and one of your websites is gone. So, and you have a lot of clients this could affect too, because you, you know you don't know exactly if every picture or every you know sound file that has a little piece of music in it, you know, might be copyrighted or not. But then it becomes your responsibility to make sure for your clients that that's not the case. You know, under penalty of you lose your domain name, they actually confiscate your domain name. So it's it's a whole it's very bad. It's just goes it, it, beyond. Uh, and in, in that sense, yes, it it denies one their right of due process because they're right. they're basically stealing your they're taking your it's like taking your home it's like they're taking your they're taking your professional business. yeah your professional yeah. content by eminent domain now I I one hundred percent disagree with that I think um, you know one of the things I was listening to was a full discussion about this on NPR today and I was listening to Tom Ashbrook who is normally so level headed. He got all heated up because one of the guests that they had on was actually um, an attorney who was representing what was supposed to be this nonprofit grassroots organization when it really turned out that she was representing that like NBC networks and Time Media and all these, you know, and they're these all big in favor companies. of this because yes, because yeah. it's their revenue streams yeah. that this legislation is trying to protect. And the other thing is when you go and you look at the money that changes hands from these big lobbies, from these media lobbies to uh, our congressmen, uh, and, and the congressmen have said, we really don't know much about the internet, but you know what? $90,000 in a donation to my campaign fund will get me to sign on the dotted line. Wow, see, that's and so the problem, too, is most of them don't even understand the legislation. <laughs> it's politics. It's pork. What are they? Pork belly politics at its worst. So Now, I, the chances of this yeah. going through now, there have been, from what I'm hearing now, is the congressmen are getting thousands of calls it's closing down the circuits uh and, I, and and thanks to the companies that took a chance and took their websites offline for a day like wikipedia and craigslist got i'm sure got a lot of attention because yeah you know yeah. people are going to can't wikipedia i can't live without it i and and you know it, google you know had it on their website so it got some attention and got people calling i don't think this is going to happen now you know, the administration says they do not support these bills, but who knows? You know, when it comes to signing things like this, it all depends on how many, how much dollars went into the contributions. I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat, you know. Well, that, that, it, it does sound a little GOP to me. Well, you know, I don't care whether <laughs> okay. you're Republican. Actually, there's there's members of Congress on both sides in this one. This one is so not, this one's down there. It doesn't matter. This one's all about money. It doesn't matter yeah. what side of the aisle you're yeah, on. It's exactly. true. It's, it's, it's all about money. And, and there, I, everybody's, and everybody's happy to put their hand out. And I'll end with this. You and and I have been in the internet since the beginning, since the mid '90s, late early '90s, when the internet yes. first started. And we've been all about keeping the internet free of taxation, keeping the internet free, and keeping it a place where you for open expression. If this goes through, you're going to have you're going to have content people. It's going to change the face of the internet because forums will go away because nobody's going to want to risk it. Um, even commenting on blogs, the blog holder then will be responsible for making sure that there's not copyrighted content that are put in comments. And with the larger, larger blogs, when they get thousands of posts, that's hard, so they're not going to allow commenting. It takes that freedom of expression away. And again, it goes back to the conversation we had earlier. For a few people that have violated, and I'm talking a few, not many people I know pirate anything. So you know, And there's easier, there are easier ways to restrict piracy yes. Yes. to control piracy than it is this this type of sweeping legislation and you, you know if you're if you're going up there and you're blogging and you you quote somebody let's say or you put a well let's say you put happy birthday you know that's copyrighted there are things there are terms and phrases that we use what if you use someone's name like Britney Spears whose name is actually copyrighted or trademarked I don't know which it is oh, great but, now you got us kicked <laughs> off the internet exactly there you go now that's not saying that it will go down to that level of granularity. However, it could. And there's always somebody out there who's willing to make a living off of taking something like this down to that level. Well, and and know that, who, who it is. You know, it's that could destroy me and you. It's your competition. Mm. Who's going, I yeah. can get you off by just yes. finding something. 
you know. So, yeah, hey, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Your competitors are your enforcers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's enough of that. But uh, I'll tell you what, if you look it up, you go to Mashable.com, you're going to see an article there. And they also have links to your congressman, who's supporting it, who's not. Uh, get involved on this one. It affect, it, you listen to podcasts, you're affected by this because it affects us, too. Um, we, you know, we're going to have to be very careful what we say and do. And we are now. We don't really. We are. We're very. I mean, that's like everything. You know, there are some people who are very conscientious about not pirating other people's work. And it's going to hurt us as well as those who really don't care. So that's. Again, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, what we talked about earlier. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, this has been a show. (laughs) Yeah. Phew. See, you know, the best shows always come out of stuff we never plan. That's right. <laughs> this, this well, thank you, Helena. I appreciate you together. putting this together today, and we hope everybody, you know, will make up their minds on everything we talked about today. We're putting it out there. You decide. Be sure to log on next Friday. We'll have another episode of State. We'll have another episode of something. But <laughs> if I can't get the word stable scoop out, it might be we'll have another episode of poop. Poop. And, we will uh, probably talk about. And poop. we really should try to get to see Warhorse to the play sometime together. I I had the opportunity this past week, and I didn't go. Ah. I heard it was meh. Horse people, so far, too. Oh, the movie, yeah. The movie, I'm kind of so-so about. The play, I heard, is great. We have to go see the play. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I also found out that Leap of Faith is coming to Broadway in April, and that's when my brother-in-law's in. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So um, it well, looks like cool. it's going to be at the Schubert Theater, so we'll let you know when okay, we're going. Cool. All right, let us know, because you know, we haven't been in New York City in 20 years. You can yeah, that'd be... You know your way around, so we won't get lost or mugged. Yeah. <laughs> Well, lost maybe, but mugged, I don't know. (laughs) Thanks, Alina. See you next week. Three, two, one. For real. When you start. <laughs> this okay. is episode. Yeah, I know. Around. I could do that part today. No, I was looking up at the um, uh, show description for the website. Okay. Three, two, one. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Howdy, Glenn. How you doing this week? I'm doing good. And I just wanted to ask you... Um, Cut. What? I totally forgot what I was going to say. What do you want to talk about? Oh. Um. You want to talk about that video? How about that video? Yeah, yeah that video. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, all right, ready? So fun.